Welcome to the Tech UK podcast. We cover the latest in technology news. It's time to welcome your host, Giovanni, who is joined by his co-host, Stefano. Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of the Tech UK podcast. I'm Giovanni and I'm joined by my co-host Stefano. Hello. Hello, the internet. So what have you been up to this week? Um, I've heard you've got a new computer. Yes, I do. Um, we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. But first of all, I think maybe we should get into the UK news. To be honest, there's not that much this week. But what we do have is very exciting. So let's get in there. Okay, so um, this week we've been having a lot of money-related news um, from the UK, at least. And our first piece of news is about BBC iPlayer. So, as you know, nearly every single household in the UK pays a license um, fee, which Stefano is about to research for me how much that license fee is for the BBC. I believe it's about £136 a year, but um, you can get back to us about that. And, obviously, this money is divided between your different services for the BBC. Some of it um, goes towards online services, some of it goes to radio, and according to um, the BBC website, it says that the licence fee costs £139.50, and they spend around um, £13.63 a month, is when you divide that into um, every single month. And TV gets around eight of those pounds. Radio gets to about £2.1p of that £11.63 a month. Online gets only 61p per month. And the digital switchover and other costs are using £1.1p per month. Now, the BBC has just revealed how much the, um, the iPlayer costs. And it's actually pretty good value for money, costing £5.7 um, million pounds to develop. And... Um, they, they're putting 4.8 million into it this year. To put that into context, Jonathan Ross was earning 6 million a year. So, for less than what we have Jonathan Ross for a year, we can get the whole of BBC iPlayer. Do you think that's good value? Yeah. Um, because you can just watch BBC, like, when you can. Yeah. And they've done quite a good job of expanding it onto mobile devices, they pretty much are the only ones that have a decent um, mobile offering. They've got it now on the iPad, they've got it on the iPhone, they've got it on some other portable devices. So they are working hard on expanding it. And do you think it's one of the better um, services that, of video demand services? Because you've tried other ones, I guess. Yeah. I think that this is the best and and simplest of all yeah, of them. Yeah, I completely agree. The fact it has no ads is really nice. It's not like you you notice the ads that much on the others, but it's just a really clean interface. And now with this um this new revamped beta. version, yeah, the beta, um, it has all this subscription options where I don't even have to search for the program. I always get there ready to search for the program. Then I realize I have a little notification saying I have one new program. I don't mind that they make sign up for a BBC ID. It's simple, it's quick, and you've got your own personalised um, BBC iPlayer. So, to me, I just want to point out Jonathan Ross has now been slashed to 2 million a year. Oh no, he must be really annoyed. <sighs> Only 2 million pounds a year for talking. I know. Yeah, so, 
4.8 million put aside for development until 2011. Really, really, um, very good, I'd say very good, um, <clears throat> very good spent of money. And in other news, someone else which is doing quite well is Amazon, who has actually topped the list of the 100 biggest, now wait for the word, e-tailers is what they're calling them nowadays, which is obviously internet retailers. Um, and so Hitwise, which is, um, a company which tracks people's usage online, has been, um, searching for what, um, what websites are used more. I say searching, they've obviously been logging it. So, Stefano, apart from Amazon, what do you think would be the other bigger ones? There's no right or wrong answer here. eBay, okay. What else do you think? Um, I'm not sure, um... Because Amazon, I think it seems yeah. like a really obvious one. Well, in fact, um, we have Argos and Play. So Argos oh, is yeah, in second Argos. place, and Play.com, which is also very big. Um, I didn't expect it to be that high, though. Um, which is Who's in first? third. First is Amazon, as I would say. Oh. Am- Apple is in fourth, and Tesco is in fifth. Then you've got M&S, Tesco Direct, and EasyJet, which also make up the top um, ten. And um, HP's in 24th and Curry's in 26th. So you've got some really big names there. Kind of surprising to see Apple in 4th, but it, it makes sense that um, people are buying stuff online. Don't you think so? Because there's discounts. Yeah. Um, plus you can get cash back and stuff like that. Plus Apple's products do cost a lot. So I don't know if this is by spend, but it's um, it's very, very interesting seeing the growth online and it's interesting seeing that tesco.com the um the supermarket part of the of the massive chain is actually doing quite well i never thought um that they were doing that well i've seen a lot of delivery vans i didn't know that they were doing that well to be the fifth biggest so basically um tesco is actually selling more stuff online than hp and curry's interesting figures um Amazon.com is actually sixth, so you can see a lot of people buying stuff from the US. But um, Amazon.co.uk is our number one. This is all UK figures. Speaking of Apple being in fourth place, we've got some news about the iPhone 4 and 3. So our company here, which we have, our telecom company, Free, has begun to roll out what they're calling the One Plan. And they're anticipating that our mobile networks will be dropping their prices and they do want to be very competitive. So for £25 a month, you now get uh, 2,000 cross-network minutes. You also get 5,000 free-to-free minutes, 5,000 texts, and 1 gigabyte of um, data transfer. That 1 gigabyte seems okay-ish for now, but I would have preferred tier 2 or even 5 gigabyte cap there. And I would say that... um, £25 a month for 2,000 minutes, 5,000 texts, and 1 gigabyte is a very, very good deal. So this £25 a month will be a 12-month contract, but if you get it as bundled in with a phone, so say an iPhone 4, it will be a 24-month contract, which I'm not really liking. I have seen ads around the place um, saying, long live the 12-month contract. Have you seen these ones from Tesco? Mm, No. But these... um, these are ads which are basically saying, <coughs> sorry, 
which are basically saying that there are clear problems with the way that our industry is working nowadays. We slowly moved to the US model of 24-month contracts. I couldn't even remember seeing it once. Um, 36-month contracts, which are ridiculous. Apparently, Tesco wants to win over your business, but um, that's who we weren't talking about, Tesco. I mean, we were talking about free, so this does seem to be a very, very good plan. Do you think £25 a month for 2,000 minutes, 5,000 texts is expensive? No, I think it's quite cheap, actually. Um, And if... do Do you think that they will, I don't know, say, increase and maybe, um... Will it cause other companies to try and do the same? Do you think it will sort of say, okay, Free's doing quite well with these, maybe we should try that as well, or do you think other companies are still going to be a bit greedy, for now at least? I think that other com- that other companies will get into this game of um, trying, trying to have the, the best deal. Yeah, I really think that competition still is very much key, and we are quite lucky to have quite a bit of competition here, in the UK at least. And that, honestly, is really it for the UK news, and let's just have a quick chat about your new computer then. So, this weekend, I have built you a computer, I say this weekend, it was this week. Slight hiccup, as I didn't realise that the power supply was broken. But now that we've got it, you are now running Windows 7 on... A quad-core PC with 4 gigabytes of RAM and a decent graphics card. Yes. What do you think of um of the of the computer? What do you think of Windows 7? Um, do you think it's a big improvement from your old Pentium D? Is it faster? How are things well, running? But well, well, um, I do honestly think that that Windows 7 is a tad bit complicated than um. XP. So you, you're actually saying that instead of making things simpler, Microsoft have actually made things harder? Yeah. I, I would actually disagree with that. I think... I think it's a major interface change, especially when coming from Windows XP. I think it's because I'm not really used to um, Windows 7, so I'm a bit like, uh, how how do I do this and that and the other? Yeah, I, I noticed even I um, have used it a few times, but... Once you come back from XP, it's it's a bit strange. It's very fast loading up, though. It's very... Um, it is. They've done something good with the boot-up times. Speaking of Microsoft, let's go into the worldwide news. So, contrary to what I was actually saying, we're going to start off with a tiny bit of Apple news. And last week we reported on the major signal problem, which apparently is happening with um, the iPhone, and specifically the iPhone 4. And Apple says that um, it's actually an iOS 4 problem, and it's well, they didn't specifically mention it was an iOS 4, but they said it is a software problem. They actually said, our formula in many... Formula in many instances, mistakenly displays two more bars than it should for given signal strength. For example, we sometimes display four bars when we should be displaying as few as two bars. Users observing a drop of several bars when they grip their phone in a certain way are most likely to be in an area with very weak signal strength, but they don't know it because we are erroneously displaying four or five bars. So, 
I have actually noticed this to some extent. I've noticed um, on the 3GS some of this happening, but do you think this is actually a software bug, or do you think Apple is just trying to get out of this by saying, oh, it's a problem with the software, instead of saying, yeah, we kind of um, didn't do so well with the um, with the um, phone itself? Do you think it's an antenna problem, or do you think it is a software problem? Well, um, I think that it's more of... Um of a phone problem and um, not a software problem. Yeah. yeah, I think I kind of have to agree with you. We'll see if the fix fixes this, but um, obviously it hasn't curbed Apple's sales because Apple has actually sold 1.7 million iPhones in three days. Was that a smooth transition or what? Or what? I just ruined it now, didn't I, by saying it's a smooth transition. Yes. And Apple has actually sold 1.7 million iPhones in the first three days. So this news came out on Monday, and already they've probably sold over 2.5 million, I guess, by now. That is a crazy number. It's their best ever sale um, of a device. Apple's clearly very, very um, happy, because with the 3G and 3GS, they sold 1 million of um their phones over the weekend, whereas here they managed to sell almost double at 1.7 million. And, don't forget, they didn't even have enough phones to sell to everyone. For example, yesterday I went past an O2 shop here, and it did have a nice little board outside saying, sorry, we're fresh out of iPhone 4s, um, if you'd like one, you'll need to come back later, <laughs> we'll be getting further shipments in soon. So, it really does seem that Apple has been doing very well at marketing to the device, and people really are not noticing this um, this problem with the signal. And Nokia, obviously, or Nokia, some people say, Nokia has decided that, uh, let's, let's make, it, make a little bit of fun of um, Apple's, um, Apple's problems. So they've posted a blog post on their official Nokia blog, and it's called, How Do You Hold Your Nokia? And so they start off with the article by saying, we found that any of, of the four grips mentioned above to be both comfortable and, as you can see, offer no signal deterioration whatsoever. This isn't a feature you'll find on only high-end Nokia devices either, something that's been a part of pretty much every Nokia device ever made, perhaps with the exception of the Teardrop 3G one, which was a bit ridiculous. Um, then they also say, the key function on any Nokia device is its ability to make phone calls. After all, that's why we know them university as mobile phones, or smartphones, feature phones, or mobile computers. They're the same grip styles work on those too. One of the main things we found about 1 billion plus Nokia devices that we use today is that when making a phone call, people generally tend to hold their phone like a, well, like a phone. Um, <laughs> so, uh, absolutely crazy. They even end the post by going... Um, of course, feel free to ignore all of the above, because realistically, you're free to hold your Nokia device any way you like, and you won't suffer any signal strength. Cool, huh? <laughs> Do you think this is a little dig at Apple? Yeah, of course it is, but... <laughs> it's really smartly written, isn't it? They're, these companies now are being very, very sly in the way that they're, um... They're... They're making fun of each other. I see little smart little Twitter posts... These companies really are getting the point of social media, aren't they? Because they know that us geeks are going to get all excited over this. And so the internet is obviously something vital. We need to be able to make phone calls. But now, the president of the US, Barack Obama, has 
the power to shut down the internet whenever he wants. What do you think of this? He's saying that, um, so this is part of the cybersecurity bill, which is called Protecting Cyberspace as a National Asset Act. You can download this as a PDF if you're one of these, um, legal people. Lawyers. Legal liking people. Um, do you think it's, they say it will only be used in an extreme emergency, blah, blah, blah. Do you think the president should have the power to, um, to shut down the internet? What whole... The okay. whole of the internet. Even us in Europe. All they should be shutting down the server so there'll be nothing to get to. Mm, um, you know, I, I don't think that the president should have this type, type of power. I just think it's just wrong. Why, why do you say that? Do you think that, for example, they might... I think if someone were to say something about the US and the US were a different country... Maybe they'd say, oh, okay, so, China, you think you're nice? Okay, we'll just shut you down. Do you think the US would do something like that, or do you think it really would only be used in the case of an emergency? Because the US think does that... have some kind of morals. Oh, um, I, I just thought of something in, in my head was... Obviously, that you can't think of something in your leg, because that would be really strange. If somebody just accidentally, um... Switch off Sophie, the internet. Yeah. How, how's that going to happen? It's not like there's going to be a, a button on his desk which he presses and, oh, the internet is gone! It's going to be like a big red button. And he can just switch it. Maybe he could just have a little a little switch on his smartphone and he could just be on his Blackberry and um, just say, oh, internet off. It could be like a little switch in the settings, couldn't it? Yeah. So when he switches his internet off, the whole internet goes off. Wouldn't be very good, to be honest. Yeah. So, now, but... I don't think that I don't think that anybody should have this. Type but what do you of, think of power? What if they find that there is a major terrorism plot that's just been happening? So say another nine eleven were to happen, God forbid, um, and they found out that they were communicating over the internet. What if they just shut down the internet? Um, they no, couldn't communicate, could they? No. Do you think that would be a reasonable then, situation to use it in? No, because... When do you think it would be reasonable to use it? Because then? there are phones. Okay, when do you think would be a reasonable situation to well, shut down the internet, though? And so you just kind of whispered into my ear, Demon. I don't see why you whispered that instead of actually saying it out loud. But yeah, Demon, Daniel Suarez, I haven't actually got through the book yet. I'm only three chapters in, but... If there was some kind of strange virus that started taking over computer systems and started shutting down people's health machines and life support machines... I don't know if that's what happens in a book, but something like that. Do you think that would be a reasonable case to shut down the internet if there was a massive spread virus that was causing hundreds of millions of people deaths? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your detailed answers, Stefano. I know. So, we were talking about Microsoft earlier on, who's obviously dominating the um, PC world and about Windows 7. Well, they've actually got some nice little juicy details out about Windows 8. So, they haven't actually send these to, um, to the human people who are normal, okay, they are humans, but I mean, like, common people. This isn't sounding good. People who, they just send this to OEMs, which is, um, original equipment manufacturers. So if you're Dell, if you're one of these lot, you, you'll be receiving stuff about what Windows 8 will be supporting, despite the fact we've still only had Windows 7 shipped last year. It hasn't even been a year since Windows 7 is out. I 
and they sold what was it 150 million we reported last week yeah so Microsoft is planning to have a lot of new support in this they're going to be supporting USB 3 which is a lot faster than USB 2 Bluetooth 3 and the really smart feature is something called you ready I don't know what it's called, but it's something sort of like Connect-like. So you'd sit in front of the computer. As soon as you sit in front of it, it will log in for you. How cool is that? Useful, not useful? Not useful. Not useful. I'm joking. Would you Would you want that as a feature? Would you enable that as a feature? Would you, would you think, I don't want to bother having to do that. I'd rather just click on the icon when I... Because if I'm sitting down, I'll just click on to type in my password. Yeah, um, because um, let's say I... I want to have a seat, and then this comes on. You want to have a seat, not even a sit. Yeah, yeah. Like so you want seat. to sit down? Yeah. Oh no! Obviously, your computer has to be on. It's not like going no. to suddenly switch on. No. So you just yes. want to happen to sit in front of your computer. Yes. Without it being logged in. So you just want to see the nice login screen because you're one of those cool people, aren't you? That no, sits on a computer and looks at login oh. screens like ooh. Okay. What were you going to say then? I kind of overpowered you again. Yeah. Okay, just continue. What were you saying then? So continue. When would you? When would you not like to use this? Do you think it could have some dodgy effects? Whereas if I sit next to you, it'll log you off. Yes. Well, I don't know. Do you think? I don't actually think they would end up putting this into there. I hope not. Yeah, we'll see what we end up with. But Apple has a bit more news today because obviously they haven't got enough. Um, News this week and every week because they like controlling the um the the news a lot. And Steve Jobs was sent an email by um a Mac rumors reader um called Siva about the future of Blu-ray on the Mac. And obviously, for some reason, you still cannot get Blu-ray on any Mac device at all yet. I'm not even sure if you can buy external drives at the moment, which are compatible. So, he emailed um, Steve Jobs about, he or she, this person emailed Steve Jobs, asking what, um, why didn't the Mac Mini receive a Blu-ray drive? And Steve Jobs said, Blu-ray is looking more and more like one of the high-end audio formats that appeared as a successor to the CD, like it will be beaten by internet downloadable format. So, kind of word salad there. And then Steve responded that, um, and they said this may be true, but the medium-term benefits are substantial. So we have high-density backups, high-quality video available on Blu-ray. Um, high-end video formats will will have had a much higher uptake and points out that the lack of DRM was what made MP3 take off. And Jobs finally responded with justice. No more response after this. He said, it's quite a lengthy response for Steve Jobs, isn't it? No. Free instant gratification and convenience, likely in that order, is what made the downloadable formats take off, and the downloadable movie business is rapidly moving to free, Hulu, or rentals, iTunes. So storing purchased movies on TV shows is not an issue. I think you may be wrong. We may see a fast broad move to stream free and rental content at sufficient quality, at least 720p, um, to win almost everyone over. And I haven't said anything about Blu-ray, um, I think, at this point, Apple is really not putting Blu-ray in, because they are selfish. There is no other reason for not having, um, Blu-ray, because 
there's just no reason why you wouldn't have Blu-ray. A Blu-ray drive costs from Amazon £45, yeah? Yeah. £45. They can probably buy it in bulk for around £20 or less even. And so they, they're trying to say that you don't need it. Why would, would they not just implement it? We want this as consumers. We want to be able to have Blu-ray. So this computer I just built, I just built a quad-core computer, which is an Athlon um, X2, Athlon 2, whatever it's called, Athlon 2 X4. Bought that, I bought the motherboard, uh, I bought a case for it, and all of that together came to around £290. And a DVD drive and hard drive, you get an extra 50 to 80 quid and you'll have those. So let's say 350 quid. You can get a really decent, powerful computer nowadays. At a slap on 100 quid, graphics cost 450, add on this um, Blu-ray drive and you're at 500 quid. Apple Sheep's computer is now 600 pounds. You get a much more powerful computer with this. This is why Windows clearly will dominate. People want choice, people want the ability to play Blu-ray. Then again, not many people own Blu-ray at the moment yet. There are some fantastic deals going around, such as, for example, um, if anyone wants this, Toy Story, um, the DVD and Blu-ray are going together for 650 online at some places, whereas it used to cost £22 a few weeks ago. So it really is becoming more affordable, and I do think that Apple, being the premium provider, is actually missing out on a, a top segment of the market. Then you think maybe people who buy more expensive Apple products would be prepared to spend more on quality, more on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think that's what they would, because, um... That's the whole Apple yeah. ethos. It's, you pay more for quality, so why would Apple not go along with it? They say, it's selfishness. They basically want iTunes to grow and be big. Speaking of growing, Hulu has grown into a subscription model now. So for 10 bucks a month, you can now get Hulu on your iPhone, iPad, and PS3, and get all the shows on there. Get watch past episodes of Seasons, and yeah, and even on your TV, you'll be able to get it straight onto there. All for 10 bucks a month, and it's in HD. So this Hulu, for those of you that don't know, is essentially... What we have here is YouTube um, for aggregating our files. They get from all the big US networks, and if we were to have that here, we'd have people... It'd be a website where you can go to get content from the BBC, from um, ITV, from Channel 4, and from 5, all together in one place with ads. So we kind of have that in the form of Seesaw, that website, but it does include every single program, and Hulu includes the five most recent episodes of pretty much every season. So now for $10 a month, you can get... Um, it'll still have ads, but it'll be in HD, you'll be able to access it anywhere, and you'll um, be able to get um, shows from all the major um, networks from the start of the season, not just the five most recent episodes. Would you pay um, £7 or £10 a month to have something like that where you can get all the shows from major networks? Um, or do you think that we have pretty much a really good option here in the UK at least? I think that we have enough options that we that we don't don't need Hulu. So yeah, Hulu. I remember a while back they were saying, "Oh, it's going to plan to launch in the UK." That would have been fantastic, wouldn't it? We could have had nice Hulu, everything in one place. We will be having Project Canvas coming soon, which will be similar enough. It'll be IPTV, so maybe that'll work out better. But we don't we don't need a Hulu here, honestly. 
I would rather go to YouTube or go to channel4.com or, or ITV.com or BBC and just get the interface there. It's nice to have everything in the same interface. But unless there was a compelling reason, for example, if Hulu were available on a set-top box where I can just use a remote to flick through stuff, I would that would be perfect. I would pay... Um, I wouldn't pay £10 a month for that, but if included stuff like Sky programs for that price, I would definitely pay 10 maybe even £15 a month to have it all on a box. At this price, not so much. Also, for the PlayStation 3 to get Hulu on it, you'll have to have the PlayStation Plus, which the PlayStation Plus seems to be turning into Xbox Live a lot now, in that you need to pay to get better features, which is absolutely ridiculous. No, because... Because, um... Um, PlayStation Plus... If it does earlier features than normal PlayStation. No, but that's the thing with Hulu, for example, you will not be able to get it on standard PS3. So if this starts happening in the UK, where you have to have um, PlayStation Plus for the ITV player if it comes out, that is ridiculous. Sorry, but you're really being idiots, PlayStation, if you're going to do that. You want people to buy your games, don't make people pay every month, because that will just outrage people. It is really annoying. I know you see, oh, look, it's working perfectly fine. You can get um, um, loads of subscribers on Xbox Live. Those people are probably not happy that they have to pay to get a service on their console, which they could just get on their computer for free. Now, Google is getting into an interesting game as well because they've decided that, hmm, maybe we'll have a little social network. So on Twit last week, um, this week in tech... Kevin Rose spilled the beans by saying that there, um, that there may be a service coming on Twitter, and then he was um, forced to remove his comments from um, Twitter by Google. That makes me think, hmm, maybe there is something coming. Don't you think so? Yeah. Do you, so, oh, I haven't explained what Google Me is yet, have I? Yeah. No. So Google Me would essentially be Google's competitor to Facebook. Would you sign up to Google Me yes. instead of Facebook? Yes, I would actually. Why? Do you trust Google more than Facebook? Do you think they're a more yeah. reliable company? I do actually trust Google more than Facebook. Um, what makes you do that? Is it the fact that they already have all your data and therefore they will... Yeah. And um, also, I think that it would be easier. Yeah. I Yeah, maybe. I actually disagree with that because Google's interfaces are absolutely disgusting, apart from Gmail, which I love and... Google itself. For example, anyone remember Google Buzz? Buzz.google.com? No. Do you, seriously, don't you remember this? We talked about this. Oh, one yeah. Time. Yes, let's try Google Buzz. No. It's absolutely disgusting. If they try to do another Google Buzz, it's not going to work. But apparently, rumors are that this is going to be a very, very good um, project. And a source... Here we go. This is another fantastic um, source very close to the matter has told SF Weekly, which I'm guessing is San Francisco Weekly, that Google Me does in fact exist. They said, this is not a rumour, this is a real project. There are a large number of people working on it, and completely confident about this. Also, funnily enough, if you type in um, to... <laughs> this is an interesting graphic here. If you type into Google Serious Business, the option that appears is Serious Business Facebook. So, that has obviously nothing to do with it, but... Google may be launching a social network. I think I would try it out. There's no doubt that I would try it out. But 
whether it would replace Facebook for me would it, it always has to do with that thing. Where do people move? If no one moves to none of your friends move to the new social network, it's useless. You can be the person saying, Oh, you should try Google Me. If people try it out, very nice. But if people keep on saying, Well, why would I leave Facebook? Why would I go to Google? A lot of people simply will not understand it, but a lot of people just won't want to move. People have already had to move from Bebo, from MySpace. MySpace was the big one. Remember MySpace to Facebook? That was a big jump. Also, um... What there was High that Five at one. Pixo. There was Pixo. No, 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 that no. was a disgusting website. I think people like Facebook. Well, this is the reason why I chose Facebook over MySpace. Not because people were going on to Facebook, but because... I was actually one of the first few people on Facebook around my group of friends. But the fact that um, Facebook's very simple. Um, you're pointing out Flickr to me, Stefano. Yes. Flickr, um, not really a social network. But yes, it is sort of. It actually was. Pictures. Flickr actually started off as a social network and then it evolved into a picture sharing service. And it really was literally a social network at the start. But um, they did images so well that that's what they branched out into. Speaking of Flickr, if you do have a pro account, well done, people. Um, do support services like Flickr, do support services which are free, because we want to keep them going. And speaking of stuff which isn't free, or is actually free, the Kindle DX comes free global 3G access. Now, this just sounds like it's a random bit of information, but Amazon, remember last week it launched a cheaper Kindle, it was $70 or $80 cheaper, um, so it, you can now get it for around £167 delivered, including tax. Now, they also have the Kindle, Kingle. yes, it's called the Kingle now, it's like a Pringle, isn't it? The Kindle DX, which is their really big one, where it's really good to read newspapers. It's only black and white, and um, it costs now $110 cheaper, it's $379, which works out to around £254, um, which is around £80 cheaper than before. Why isn't there colour? Why isn't there colour? Yeah. See, now, this is the thing. There still is not colour on the Kindle DX. There was actually a rumour going around this week that um, Amazon may be going to colour screens, which would be very interesting. But they really seem to be um, limiting themselves by not going to colour, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, um, this is like TVs. What do you mean? Isn't it like... um, People now, now use... Colour TVs. TVs, But do you need colour books? Are books not mostly in black and white? That's the thing. That's the only... The Kindle only does one thing, which is read books. And it does that pretty much well. But Also, this screen is the size of the iPad. It's 9.7 inches. It's absolutely amazing. And it does have 50% higher contrast ratio. So it does look very, very nice. So what were you going to say? You mentioned that... That's you can read newspapers on this, can't you? Newspapers on this, can't you? So. I see what you're saying. Newspapers mostly have colour. But, see, this is the thing I really like about the Kindle. It's a really nice feature that you can subscribe to a newspaper and as you wake up, it's there. You can also do that with um, normal newspapers. You just wake up and they're there on your doorstep at 5 or 6 a.m. But I like the idea of being able to get something electronically instantly. The fact it has global wireless is very nice, so you can be anywhere in the world, and it will give you, um, um, wireless. But 250, well, 260 pounds, plus shipping, plus import, that's going to be 300 pounds. At that point, do you not get an Apple iPad instead? 
For yes. 430? Yes, you would. Yeah, but there, there's also the fact that if you want a reading device, you would not go for an iPad. Because you want something that's easy on the eyes, and you want something which, um, which basically won't distract you. Uh, what is the problem with um, the iPad? You're reading a book. If you get a little status notification, that's it. The book's gone. You'll not be interested in that. You'll be going on to Facebook. You're too tempted to do these things. It's such then, a night where you leave your phone next to your bed and you're too tempted to just go, oh, let me just check Google for this. Then... It happens. Then, do not switch on um, 3G or Wi-Fi. Yeah, but... It's always that thing that you can still do other things. You can play games on your iPods or iPhone on your iPad. The Kindle does that one thing. You can't be distracted by it. Then again, you could just have your iPhone next to it. But I think that is still way too much money. It's very good technology. It's running e-ink, but it's not color. It doesn't multitask. It doesn't have Wi-Fi even. Now it does have to use the cell network. So it's still very much a... um, mono-purpose device, a unifunctional device, and something that isn't a unifunctional device is Firefox, which has been basically the number two browser for quite a while. And now they have um, announced details of their add-ons, and this is actually our final story. And Firefox has essentially said that their add-ons are being downloaded at an amazing rate. They've actually... so I say sold. They've actually made... Two billion downloads of um, Firefox. Not of Firefox, of Firefox extensions. So that really shows how popular these really are. Do you do you even use Firefox? This is an interesting question. Now with browsers such as Google Chrome, you have Safari with its new reader functionality. Do you think Thingy's actually behind? Yeah, I think that Firefox is is behind because it 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 isn't fast and um. I think that... Um, it's faster than it and explore it. Don't you think so? Yes, but it isn't fast. Like, fast enough nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Firefox really has... It's still number two. I can see why people still go there, but Google Chrome, I think, is going to eventually overtake it. So, that's actually it for um, today's news. And this week's news, our new schedule will be releases on Saturday mornings or um, around midday because this is a lot more convenient because we already have the day's news on. We don't have to kind of um, be on top of everything to make sure that we're covering every piece of news. And um, thank you so much for listening to the Tech UK podcast. We'll see you next week with more exciting news. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech UK podcast. Get the show notes and archives on our blog at techukpodcast.com. Dot blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the Tech UK podcast at feeds.feedburner.com slash Tech UK podcast or search iTunes keywords Tech UK podcast. Or you can email us at Tech UK podcast at gmail.com with your comments and suggestions.